The Not So Great Outdoors contains stories of a graphic nature. Your discretion is advised. The outdoors are great, except when they're not. Welcome to the Not So Great Outdoors. We're your guides. I'm Seth. And I'm Piff. And this week, I should probably turn my papers over. <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't know what are we We're talking, talking about? about the murders of Julianne Williams and Laura Winans. To murder. Yeah. Ugh. Murder. Murder. Put it on the board. All right, we don't have any announcements besides we should be sounding better in your ear holes, hopefully if you're listening on Spotify. <laughs> so, so, we're happy. just going to dive in. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, again, this is very sad. Uh, it may, It's sadder because uh, Julie was 24. Ah. And Lolly was 26. Not cool. Our wait, ages wait, our ages. Right now. Right now. Literally our ages Holy right now. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that. That hits a little too close to home. Yeah. Nope. Don't like that. So they're our ages. So let's learn a little bit about them. Okay. Okay. So Julianne Williams, or Julie, that's what she went by. She was born in St. Cloud, Minnesota. She studied geology at Carleton College, and she was like real into rocks. Your mom's a geologist. You know the type. You love their rocks. So she was really cool. She spent time in Greece and Italy and literally studied dinosaur extinction. She's my hero. I was going to say, she sounds like your best friend. (laughs) Literally. If they had been born in the 90s instead of this happening in the 90s, we would have been best friends. So, Um, She was said to be driven, meticulous, and impatient to get out of the classroom and into the field. So, according to her friend Gina, quote, she lives an entire lifetime in 24 years. Yeah. I don't like that. I love that, but I, I don't lo- like that. I love that because she just had such a full life, but it just, like, yes, she could have had such more life. Yeah, a lot, yeah. So, uh, when she got back, she decided to move to Richmond, Virginia, and part of the reason she moved is because she was from this, like, super tiny, really conservative town, is that she was realizing that she was attracted to females, and I'm not going to name people's sexualities, but she is in a lesbian relationship. She could be whatever, not my business. Anyway, so she wanted to move to a community that wasn't hostile towards her because she felt in the community she was in, it wouldn't have been as accepted as it should be. Okay. So she was coming to terms with that and figuring out who she was, and so she decided to move to Richmond. And she worked at Walden Books and began building friendships. And she was really into her faith and Christianity, so she joined a local church. She joined Christ Church Presbyterian, and she was trying to reconcile her Christian faith with her sexuality. And this was a really good church because they had a really open community, and they had, like, Bible studies that she could go to and, like, talk to other people who were in similar situations. And she was able to, like, be with a pastor who was like, you know, God still loves you, good things to hear, all of that good stuff. Um, and then to finish off talking about Julie, we're going to end with this quote from her academic advisor, Mary Savita, quote, she was always questioning. She wanted to see how things fit together. She was a person who had to look carefully at details before she fit them into the larger picture. So again, basically my best friend. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about Laura Winans or Lolly. Okay. So Lolly was born in Gross Point, Michigan, and she was born to like really wealthy parents okay but she like rejected their lifestyle and was like i'm not into country clubs and pearls and her parents considered her a misfit huh yeah so she she moved out right after high school and 
something that's kind of like tragic before the tragedy. So all of her really close friends said that when she was a child, she was sexually abused by a close adult. Mm. So, and that trauma is something that followed her. It's something that gave her a lot of mental mental health like struggles. Mental health struggles. Thank you. Yeah. At, into adulthood. Mm-hmm. So. When she graduated, she went to Sterling College in Vermont, which was centered around challenge education, which is, again, like, the coolest kind of school. And the former dean of Sterling said about Lolly, quote, One thing that impressed me about Lolly was this outgoing energy that emerged when everyone else was worn down. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. So she ended up dropping out of Sterling, moved around. Uh, got a little bit better with her mental health, and she enrolled in a Unity College. And again, she was studying to become a wilderness guide. And so both of the schools she attended were kind of cool in that instead of doing a lot of, like, classroom stuff, they would go on trips and do all of this other, like, cool wilderness stuff, and that's, like, how they learned. So it was really focused heavily on, like, being outside. So her friend Anne LeBlanc said, quote, she didn't complain. It was such a challenging hike, but Lolly knew that as an outdoor leader, she'd be faced with so many challenges, end quote. Um, And in her last semester, and keep in mind, she dropped out of college. She went back, and her last semester of college, that girl got a 4.0. That's awesome. That's so hard. Yeah. So you go, girl. You go, girl. And then again, I have another quote to end off talking about Lolly. Uh, and this is from Wilson Hess, the Dean of Sterling. Quote, you talk about people who have a glow or an aura. She just had an aura about her. Oh, I like that. So, basically just a pair of really great girls. I love them so much and I'm so sad. <laughs> I'm preemptively sad. Yeah. I. Okay, anyway, so we're just going to keep talking about cute things. So the pair <laughs> met in 1994 mm-hmm. at Woods Woman, Women, Woods Women which was a Minnesota outdoor recreation program. So they were both interning there. And so they would, like, run kayak trips and stuff like that. So the first night that they were there, they shared a tent with a third woman because obviously everyone's just like, you go here, you go here. Mm -hmm. And they spent up all, like, they stayed up all night chatting and laughing. And at the time, they didn't realize that they were both flirting. Oh. Huh. I feel like that's how it goes, though. Yeah. I feel like that's every relationship I've ever been in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, we were just, like, hanging out and having a good time. We're just really good friends. It's like, no, you're flirting. No, you're flirting. (laughs) So the two found happiness together, and when the summer internships ended and they headed back to Virginia and Maine, they were not quite ready to commit their entire lives to each other, but they were ready to commit weekends driving back and forth every few weeks to visit each other, which is, again, just so precious. Long distance is hard. Yeah. Go them. So when they would visit each other, they would either stay at home, just, like, chilling, or they would head out into the backcountry because these girls were both just so adventurous. So they would go hiking and camping, and they could be away from other people who could, like, judge them. And they were both, like, really private people. Um, like, Julie didn't even tell her parents about her relationship. Yeah. And so, they like, their close, close friends knew, their pastor knew, but it was just a insular group of people because, again, they were yeah. just private people. Yeah, and this was the 90s. Like, that was not as accepted as it yeah. is now. But they do the long-distance thing for about two years, and then the summer of 1996, which is when all of this goes down. And it was supposed to be this great summer. Julie had just gotten a new job as a geologist in Vermont's Lake Champlain region, and they had found this house overlooking a ravine, and they were going to, like, live in the house together and have their friends over, and it was just going to be great. And, again, Julie just got this new job. Life was good. 
And so to kind of celebrate graduation and new jobs and new house, they planned this hiking vacation to Shenandoah National Park. And so Lolly had told her friend Zoe about the hike, and she said that they would be back in time for Zoe's wedding, which was on June 1st. Okay. Important to remember. Oh, also, I have pictures of them on the drive if you want to look at them. I didn't, like, leave a spot for that. But there are pictures of them on the drive and their dog. And their dog? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, they're so cute. Look how cute they are. They're so cute. They're very, yes, this was definitely taken in the 90s. Yes, it's not. I love it. It's the 90s. Yes. So, May 19th. 1996, the girls begin their hike with their dog, Taj. He's real cute. (gasps) Wait, I didn't see the picture of him. There's a picture of him in the drive or on the vlog. If you're listening and you want to see the pictures, you can go to... Oh my gosh, he's so cute! Sorry. (laughs) You can go to thenotsogreatoutdoors.com and see the cutest dog in the world. (laughs) He's such a good boy. He's so cute. So, they started their hike. And again, they did this all the time. So they stopped at Pinnacle's Overlook on Skyline Drive and then set out on White Oak Canyon Trail. And so this entire time, they're, like, backcountry camping. They're doing, like, different trails during the day, just kind of, like, again, enjoying it, seeing nature, being the type of person I like to be, all of that jazz. So White Oak Canyon Trail is a 7.3-mile hike. It's very strenuous. It has almost 2,800 feet of elevation change, but it also has eight waterfalls. Ooh. Nice. So and it's and it's just a nice little loop. So yeah. they went out, they did that. Again, at some point they camp, they just keep hiking, life is good. Uh the next two days it rained. So they hitched a ride with a park ranger to renew their camping permit. So they went back to the lodge, got their camping permit renewed because you could only like have it for so many days and then you have to renew it and then you can go back out. Um and then they climbed Hawksbill, which is the highest peak in the park, over four thousand feet high. And then that night they camped a half a mile off of Skyline Drive on Bridal Trail, which is near the Appalachian Trail. And they were last seen alive on May 24th. Julie's father, Thomas, ended up reporting the girls missing. And keep in mind, at this point, it's his daughter and her friend. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were reported missing on May 31st because they hadn't returned yet. They were supposed to be going to a wedding the next day. Nobody had heard from them, and it wasn't like them to not Mm -hmm. come back. So park rangers, like, hop into action like they're known to do. Mm -hmm. And they find their car just north of Skyline Lodge. And so they start searching the trails in that general area. It's pretty logical. Like, this is where their car is. They must be on one of these trails. Mm -hmm. And so that night... They find their the dog, Taj, and he was okay. Good. Um, but he was just wandering around off leash. So they, like, found mm. him, and they were like, this is their dog. The next day, on June 1st, 1996, park rangers found Julie and Lolly's campsite and subsequently their bodies. I always know it's coming, but I, I always get you. really upset. I, I know. tell you, you they're tell me. murdered. You do. You tell us, I suppose I should say. Tell everybody. Because I like to think everybody's reacting the same way I am when they're listening. But man, the dog's okay, though. The dog is okay. So we can hold okay. on to that. We can hold on to That's all you Taja's got. Taja's safe. The, the very cute dog was okay. Yes. I. But I'm very sad still, nonetheless. So, Lolly was found. She was inside of the tent gagged and her hands and ankles were bound with duct tape julie was outside of the tent along with her sleeping bag and sleeping pad and they were approximately 30 to 40 feet away 
down an embankment, gagged, duct tape on her mouth, and her ankles were bound with tape. Both women had their throats slit, but there were no signs of sexual assault or robbery. Jeez. That's brutal. I have so many questions. I don't I know. I feel like you're going to answer them all, but and I have so many questions. What, what, ask me your first question. Well, my first question is, that's pretty violent. And for there to be, like, no, like, sexual abuse or anything, like, what? why? Why? And no robbery. So, like, that's the top two, like, reasons why people do horrible things. And, we'll and I don't understand. It. Yeah. And then also, why... So she and her sleeping bag and her sleeping pad were 30 to 40 feet away from the tent. Mm-hmm. Down, like, an embankment. Down an embankment. Yeah. So had fallen down or were placed down? Why were they so far away? I have so many questions. And I don't have an answer for that one, them. actually. That's okay. But, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just have so many questions. Okay. So another question you could have had. I have a lot. Those were my top two. Okay. Those were the first two that popped into my head. I'm not going to say they're the top two, but the first two that I thought of. So a lot, a question that a lot of people had is, like, why weren't they found sooner? They were on yeah. a well-traveled trail. Well, here's the thing about camping in the backcountry. Yeah. When you go camping in the backcountry, you don't camp next to a trail. No. You camp about 200 feet away from the trail. Yeah. So they were following those guidelines. They were being good outdoors women. Mm-hmm. And so it made it a lot harder to find them because you can't just, like, walk down the trail looking for tents. You have to, like, walk off the trail looking yeah. for tents. Yeah. So it took longer to find their bodies. Like, nobody just happened upon them even though they hadn't been seen for a week. Yeah. So, there were more than 1.57 million visitors to Shenandoah National Park that year. Oh, that year. I thought you were going to say, like, within the time that they went missing. I was no, like, what? That that's year. Yeah. But that's still a lot of leads and that's not a lot, lot to go on. Yeah. So, and since the murders took place in a national park, there's a lot of legal stuff, but basically it falls under a federal jurisdiction. Yeah. Within the next 24 hours, the public was aware of the double homicide, but they did wait as long as humanly possible to release the information because it's like... Which, that's good. There are families here. You don't want to panic them. Yeah. And the new reporters were going freaking crazy with this story. So, and keep in mind, again, at the time, neither of these parents knew that they were in a romantic relationship. They thought these girls were just friends. They were very... Like, hush-hush about it in their mm-hmm. personal life. They didn't tell a lot of people. Yeah. But people were going crazy with this. And everybody wanted to know about their relationship. Mm-hmm. So, the information about their sexuality actually gets into the media. Oh, I hate that. They wanted it quiet. You know, like, they You're kept really it... not going to like how this sentence ends. <laughs> they kept it silent. You know, they chose that. They didn't want it to be broadly... Yeah. No. So, and I do, I do see, the person who told, before I finish my sentence, the person mm-hmm. who told, I can see why they did it. Okay. So. I mean, I can see, like, if they're concerned that they may have, that may have been a, a reason, reason. Exactly. For sure. But, oh, I really would have loved for it to have not been in the media. Because, yeah. I mean, the investigators should know that mm-hmm. because it could be a reason. It's but, like, the media the doesn't need to know that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the person who told was the minister at their church. Ah, but again, and I'm going to, I will, I'm going to read my whole paragraph. So 
Both sets of parents, as well as many of the women's friends, felt that this was a breach of trust and that it was distracting the media from the important thing, which was that they had been brutally murdered. Yes. Okay? Yes, because, again, this is the 90s, and it was not widely accepted accepted. then. So, but the minister stands by or stood by her decision to share this because most activists, most members of their community felt that this was a hate crime. Yeah. And I so mean, it was important to raise awareness to other lesbian couples in the area that there was somebody out there trying to hurt them. Yes. And so after, and I read a lot that the minister had meetings for like a week with different members of the congregation, different members of the community, close friends who were part of the LGBT plus community. And they had decided that to keep other people safe. Yeah. They needed, like, this was information people needed to know. Yes, and I agree. Do we know who the pastor told? Did she tell investigators or did she tell the media? Because that's going to be what makes me upset about this or not. Because stuff gets to the media. I'm a journalist. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like, it was not really anymore, but was. And, like... I know. There's a leak everywhere. Just assume that there's a leak. And there's always a leak. People are going to find out. But did she tell investigators or did she tell the media? So I'm not super clear on that. Okay. But I'm going to say what I think. And Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. And there are tons of resources out there. But it sounds like the minister was specifically being badgered by the media. And that's who got told. Okay. See, I think that's where it went wrong. Yeah. If that's the way it happened, like, disclaimer. Well, because I, I, but I, and I think, and I, again, I think that the investigators had knew at this point. Okay. But it was more of a pub, the public should know. Nobody's telling the public that there could be a predator out there preying on lesbian couples. Yeah, and that's just where it gets so messy. And again, I'm glad that I was not the person to make that call. Yeah, that's hard. That's a hard decision. And I feel like it's so much harder. Like, their families found out the same way that everybody else did. They found out by watching the news or reading. Yeah. That's hard. That's so hard. the farther we unpack this, the, like, more I just feel bad for the minister and not so much angry. Again, again, I'm glad that I wasn't the person who had to make that call because I do think that that was information that the public probably needed at the time based on what I'm about to tell you. Yeah, yeah. that's hard. I wouldn't want to have to to make the call between protecting somebody's privacy mm-hmm. and potentially, like, you could have Saving endangered lives. somebody's life yeah. Yeah, by yeah. not sharing that. And I think if it's going to save lives, it's worth sharing, mm-hmm. even though, like, and I say that very gingerly because, like, yeah, it is people's privacy. Like, yeah. that's, but also, and this is going to sound, there's no good way to say this, so just disclaimer, and I do not mean it to sound as horribly as it is probably going to come out, but they don't have to worry about their privacy at that point in in time. Yeah. Because they, because now that secret that they were keeping could now be used to save other people's lives. And so it does them no good now to keep it a secret. It's not, it's not like there's, they're alive to deal with the repercussions of it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really hope that did not come off horribly. I don't think it did. If it had, I would have just cut it out. Good. Good. Because I, you know, because I'm a huge proponent. Like, if you if someone tells you a secret, you keep it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't tell that. Like, a huge secret like that. You Especially don't... if you know, like, we're not yeah. telling a lot of people this. We're not telling people. Yeah. Like, mm-mm. you don't. Yeah. So, 
for me to be like, no, yeah, I think I think that was probably the right call. Like that's yeah. hard. Again, I, I'm still I'm glad I'm not the person who had to make that call. Yeah. I think that the minister did what she felt was right in the situation yeah. with and the information she had. Yeah. So do we want to go on to who might have done this because we don't know who did it? <gasps> we don't know at all. We don't know. No. What? I love you. Just slide that in there. <laughs> do we want to talk about who did it? Because we don't know. What? So we have some suspects. Okay. Which is like your uh, least favorite it sentence. It is my least favorite thing. Okay. Well, no, my least favorite sentence is we don't know who did it. Even worse than that would be we don't know who did it and there are zero suspects. Like that yeah. would be even worse. So the fact there's suspects. We is have two somewhat... really good suspects. Okay. I'm just going to say. Okay, so. Our primary suspect is Daryl David Rice. What? His photo will be found on the drive and or the blog, whichever you are available to look at. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. So here's, here's a fun story about Daryl. It was July 1997. Yvonne was biking south on Skyline Drive when she was forced off of the road and her bike by a man driving a truck. He threw a soda can at her screamed, show me your titties, which I have to say in a voice because who yells that at people? Uh, d- uh, terrible, terrible, terrible people. people who then try to wrestle her into his truck. Yeah. This dude's the epitome of men are trash. Men are trash. Men are trash. So she was able to fight him off and hid behind a tree while he repetitively tried to run her over. Yeah. Doesn't get better. So he actually was apprehended after this, and Yvonne was able to identify him. And this was, of course, Daryl David Rice. What a trash person. (sighs) Trash. Here's some some other fun things that he used to do. His former co-workers stated that he yelled profanities, sexual remarks, once punched a hole in the bathroom wall, and would steal their lunches. What? Okay. There's a lot of problems with all of that, (laughs) but one of the biggest... My one of my biggest workplace pet peeves, aside from sexual all harassment the, and the besides sexual all harassment that, and assault, all of that is the worst. But why do people steal lunches, dude? I don't know. Why? I what just thought, is that? Like you I are punching that. holes in the wall, Kyle. Come but on, but also now. like stealing people's lunches. You you have every <laughs> level what? of horrible what? human being. To any coworkers I have. Who somehow stumble across this. Don't steal lunches. Like, if you need food, please tell me. I will buy you lunch. Like, I'll bring sandwich stuff to work. Like, please tell me. Don't steal people's food. (sighs) That happened to me. Side note. That happened to you? That happened to me! What? Like, multiple times. I have never had that happen to me. Yes! Okay, so once I brought leftovers in like a to-go container because yeah. like we had gone to dinner and yeah. like packed up so i was like oh great lunch it's tomorrow already packaged fabulous i'll just take it to lunch you know so i put it in the fridge put my name On and the, the date because the thing is There's like you have to date thing, yeah. it it's yeah so put work. my name and the date and put it in the fridge i always put tried to put my lunch in like the same spot oh, yeah. so i knew where it was like you have assigned seats unassigned seats assigned seats in college you know like you yeah. have the place and you, you have the place you put your lunch in the work in the place, fridge which, like i always put my you just do fr- lunch it's the second door second shelf yep. all the way against the wall yep. every single time mine was so it was like a french door so it's the, the left second shelf all the way to the left wall see 
there you go. That's it. And it had my name. It had my name in multiple places so you could see it. Yeah. You know? So it was like, this is Savannah's. It's mine. It wasn't so much like a claiming thing, but it was like, if it gets pushed not around, yours. if it gets, if it mo- got moved, because people moved stuff in the fridge too, which was really annoying. So it got moved over and then I could still figure it out. Either way, that was anyway. a really long explanation. <laughs> However, I go, it's around like 1230 and I'm like, oh gosh, I haven't had lunch. I had tons of meeting. I was so Gotta looking forward eat. to this. It was Italian food and you know, oh, you know how much I love my pasta. Love pasta. I was so excited. I was looking forward to it all day. You know, when you pack a good lunch and you're just like, yes. You're ready for you're it. You're ready. And I went and I opened the fridge and it's not where I put it. And I'm like, that's okay. Sometimes somewhere. Sometimes people moved. put their lunchbox and shove everything else back and force their thing in and it's really annoying. Don't be that person. But Not as bad as the food stealers, though. Not as bad as the food stealers. But I, I moved some stuff around, put it right back where it was like a good person and it was nowhere. I opened every drawer. I even looked in the freezer. There was nothing. It was People are trash. nowhere. People are trash. There you go. Humans are trash. Uh, I was, I trying, was, I was so like, upset. how can I say that in like a more flowy? Because like men are trash just sounds so good. It does. Humans are trash. Humans are trash. But so that was like one of the most depressing ones that happened to me. It happened more than once. Never had my lunch stolen at work, right? so I'm it's sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about this trash human being. Okay, so Daryl. So here's some evidence against him. Okay. So video evidence showed him entering the park on May 25th and 26th. You know. Like you do. The days after they were last seen alive. Oh, that's true. Yep. I forgot that date. All right. That's why I mentioned Uh, it. Thank you. As well as with two friends on June 1st. He denies going there on the 25th and 26th. We have video evidence. But He's I like, no, there. I was only there on the 1st with my two friends because my friends provide an alibi and me coming into the park alone does not. Yeah. So he was indicted based on the video evidence, even though it was circumstantial. Yeah. And based on the following absolutely horrendous comments that he made during interviews. Oh, great. Prosecutors said that, quote, Rice has stated on several occasions that he enjoys assaulting women because they are, in his his words, quote, more vulnerable, close quote, than men. And that these women deserve to die because they were gay. Yeah. There's no... no. This is like a real person. I I have a name for... have a new name for him. Can we call him Dirtbag Daryl? I feel like that's too cool of a name for him. Is that too cool? Yeah. Douchebag Daryl. I like douchebag better. <laughs> oh, that total oh. asshole. Person. Like, I can't. Yes. No, I can't. Oh, there are just so many. Okay, first, he enjoys assaulting Enjoys women. assaulting. Enjoys assaulting Because they women. are more vulnerable. Just listen. Wh- what? Listen. I can what? count. I know of at least ten women who could single-handedly beat up any man that they come across. So, I'm just saying. Like, more vulnerable Second of all, who says that? Who? And that's the first, just, that's just the first sentence. Y'all, if you're listening to this instead of watching this on YouTube, please <sighs> go watch it so you can, at least this part, just so you so can you see can our, see our faces. Because I'm so mad. I'm very upset right now. I don't like, know I'm what to do I had to myself. read that. Yeah. Because, oh, ah. Uh. Yeah. And again, that was the first sentence. And then the second uh. sentence the women deserve to die because they were gay. I'm listen, sorry. Listen. What? If someone just disagrees with how someone is and how <sighs> someone sense. lives their life. Sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. What? Why are you all up in other people's lives? Why? That's not why affecting you, you. No. Why do just, you care so just, much? What? Listen. Maybe if you spent as if you put as much energy into trying to make yourself a good person as you put into trying to figure out details, intimate, private Personal details, details about, people? about other people, maybe you wouldn't be such a trash human being. Uh, I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, I'm so upset. Sorry for that noise, but I just Ugh. cannot. I can't. With this fucking guy. I can't guy. with Daryl. Fucking Daryl. I said fuck <laughs> three times, four times now. I'm sorry. It's an explicit episode. It's fine. You're over it at this point. Yeah, so, if you've made it this far, <laughs> it's not the first time. Okay. Oh, so, I'm so upset. So, you're about to get more upset. So, he was charged with four counts of capital murder, two of which alleged he selected his victims based on their sexual orientation. So, basically. Stop. No. Sorry, I'm clapping my hands. It's probably really loud. Don't Don't do that. Okay, so this, this, let me explain the the counts of murder. So, he had two counts of murder. Yes. And then they tacked on two additional counts for hate crimes. That's basically But he's our guy. So, he got, he he was charged with four counts. Okay. But he's a, he's our guy. But he was never sentenced. Why? In October of 2003, a hair that was found on the duct tape used to bind Lolly's wrist was found to not be a match to him. What? This what? resulted... Okay, so, I don't know a lot about hair evidence, but I do no. know that it is really easy to not be accurate. Right? Because I mean, it's something... And again, I'm not, a, I'm not a scientist, but that... That type of DNA evidence is not the most damning. So he could still have done it. Yes. I'm so upset. <sighs> so. Okay. This new evidence, mm-hmm. which is bullshit, mm-hmm. resulted in the case against him being dismissed without prejudice. Now, what this means, he can still be tried for this crime. Mm-hmm. But they need more evidence. They, they currently do not have enough of a leg to stand on. Mm-hmm. To convict him. Mm-hmm. So he was not convicted of this crime. But he was convicted of murder previously, so why the heck no. is, was he free? But you said he... Oh, no, he was charged. Never mind. So the, the four... <laughs> so let's just be clear. So the okay. four the four counts of capital murder were for Julian Lolly. He was mm-hmm. also tried for assaulting Yvonne. Mm-hmm. He was convicted for that, did uh-huh. serve time for that. Okay. He's out in the world now. Ugh. Just gonna... It's 2020. He's out in the world now. Just, mm. I'm so upset. Okay. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not fine. You're really not. I'm it's really okay. Not. We, we shouldn't be fine. This is This obscene. is horrible. This is horrible. Like, these two girls, were t- and I can't even call them girls because they were our women. age. These women, yeah. these like adult women were out on a celebratory backpacking trip and did not get to go home. They didn't go to get to go to their friend's wedding. They didn't get to start their new jobs. They didn't get to move into their house. They didn't get to do all those things. They didn't even get to have It is okay to be upset. I'm so upset. I have been upset about pretty... Well, I've been upset about every episode. Or freaked out, depending. Yeah, depending on the I've been upset about every crime-related episode. But this one's, like... I think this is the worst one. You say that, like, every... Do I? I don't. Do do. I? Yeah. Well, this is really it. This is number one worst, worst, like, anger I have had about the outcome of one of these. Not because we don't actually have a person dependent on, like, what you know, whatever, but just the fact that it's, like, you had the 
dingiest dirtbag ever. And he slipped through the system and he's free. That's an issue. That's a major issue with me. Continue. Okay. Well. The way you're saying that makes me think I'm about to get even more upset. No, I don't okay. I don't actually think you will. So I just okay. have, I have like two more possible suspects. But two? they're they're a lot shorter. I thought we yeah. only had two. We have like two main ones and then like a third, a third. that's like a. Uh, it's like, well, let's toss them in. Yeah. Here. So okay. um, this, it might be connected to the October 1986 murder of Rebecca Dowski and Kathleen Thomas. Okay. The pair were found in a car that had been pushed off an embankment. Their throats were slashed, their wrists were bound, and there were no signs of sexual assault or robbery. Okay. So, and these, those murders were also linked to a series of murders that occurred on the Colonial Parkway, which was a known lover's lane, especially for people in homosexual relationships, but there have been no arrests in that case. Why? I, I feel like I... I just can't anymore. Like, I'm just numb right now. Why? I know you probably don't have to answer I, I that. I literally but, don't know. But. And I'm so sorry. But I'm just generally just why. Yeah. Like, mm, okay. So, our last suspect, mm-hmm. Richard Evanitz, was also considered a suspect, but he completed suicide in 2002 after being connected to three other murders but forensic hasn't connected him to Julie and Lolly's murders yet. I'm just going to throw yets in there because I'm still yeah. hopeful this case. That we will figure it out. Yes. Yeah. So this case is still unsolved and the FBI is still taking tips and information on it. If you have any information regarding this case, you can contact your local FBI office, which you can find at fbi.gov contact hyphen us slash field hyphen offices. And there'll be a link to that in the description for this video it'll be on the blog if you want to go look at pictures of them you can go look at them on the blog if you maybe were vacationing there and you are now realizing that you might have seen something and you didn't even know it was important at the time please contact your local fbi office because like these girls all of these women they deserve justice yeah and yeah yeah no tip is too small like, honestly, like, if you're, like, we were, it was so long ago, but still, like, if you think you might maybe have some piece of information, it's never too late, and it's never too small. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure, definitely, definitely contact them if you might know something. Man, Piff, this is so heavy. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to end, I have a quote from Julie's friend Zoe, um, the one who's getting married. So this is, this is from their friend Zoe. Quote, the fact that they didn't have to go through the pain of losing each other, that they're together now, I think of that. Oh. End quote. That's a beautiful way to think of it. Yeah. It's absolutely tragic. It's tragic. But. But, I, I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you want to focus on something, focus on the fact that they didn't have to lose each other. Yeah. And they, they were do, literally doing something that they loved. That like, they loved. It's still brutal. It's still absolutely tragic. Yes. But yeah. they're they're together now. They lived beautiful lives while they were yes. here. They found love while they were here. They had the and cutest dog in the they world. The cutest dog. <laughs> I'm very sad now. I'm very sad now. Uh, again... 
you know anything, if you might notice anything, if you were in Shenandoah National Park in at the end of May in 1996, please, like, look at the pictures. Yeah. It's never too late. No. Honestly, cases, like, years and years old cases get mm-hmm. solved, you know, I don't want to say every day, because I don't know if that's actually a reliable piece of information, but... They get resolved, but people are still just as relieved mm-hmm. as if they were happening right now. So, and those families, I mean, like, I'm sure they have extended families that are, you know, family members that are still alive. They're, you know, regular their regular family are members are still alive. Still alive. Well, I'm they just were... saying, like, you never really know. <laughs> yeah. You never know. But, like, their family still needs closure. Like, mm-hmm. imagine not knowing for decades. Oh, my heart goes out to them. Yep. For sure. I feel like we need to come up with, like, a, a like lighthearted segment for the end of every horrible episode. I feel like I could tell a pun. Do you have a pun? Maybe. I mean, my go-to. I have. I have to. Come I have up a. With a so it's uh, June was National Dairy Month, I think. Oh. And I have a I have a cow joke. Okay. What's your cow joke? What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's a snowman's favorite cereal? No idea. Frosted flakes. Ah. <laughs> okay, that'll be our that'll be our palate cleanser. So yeah. tell the people where they can find us. The people can find us <laughs> at thenotsogreatoutdoors.com for all of the information about our um, episodes. So the blog that we've been referencing. If you want to see um, photos from any of our episodes, including this one, or uh, just more information, um, visit us there. You can also find us on, oh gosh, Spotify and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts, Apple hopefully Podcasts, by the time this comes soon. out. Yeah. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at NSGOPod on both. If you have any stories that you would like to share with us, send us an email at notsogreatoutdoors at gmail.com and we'll take a look at it. And if you would prefer us to not use your name, um, just put that in there and we won't say who it came from. Um, if your friends have stories with their permission, feel free to send those to us as well. We would love to just know all the spoopy stuff that's happened to all the people out there. What if you'd like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nsgopod. All right, guys. In the meantime, stay, stay safe, safe out there. Thanks for watching. Our music is by Purple Planet. Our art and logos are by Katherine Dodds. If you'd like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nsgopod. And don't forget to find us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms.